Blog Talk Radio. I can hear somebody talking. Who is that? The guy next door? You can hear them? I hear, I hear something. It's you. A flipping out radio production. It's real. June 16, 2011, and Pure Gold is live and on the air. We are coming to you from the studios of the Connecticut School of Broadcasting in Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey. Welcome once again to the show that covers sports, life, and everything in between. My name is Joe, just business Puccino, and as always, my co-host and tag team partner, David Gomez, a.k.a. DG, a.k.a. Let's rock and roll, sir. How are you, sir? I am doing fabulous, and I have to admit... It's pretty sweet being in the CSB studios. Finally, finally, Pure Gold is here, ready to make it happen. There you go, sir. I I, I also want to mention that I am flipping happy. <laughs> yeah, we're, uh, we're we're flipping out over here. I have to admit, there's no uh, there's no ifs ands or buts about it. I don't know. I think we should flip off some of our coffee tonight. <laughs> All right, so before we get underway, let's uh, give out the contact information. Folks, if you'd like to be a part of the greatest show on earth, Pure Gold, the number to call is 714-364-4721. Once again, 714-364-4721. Check out our website, puregoldpg.com, where you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and all that other stuff, of course, you can check out some of our uh, our segments there, like uh, trailer with <laughs> trailer trash, <laughs> trailer park, the uh, movie reviews, and of course we have solid gold reviews. We have a whole bunch of things on there, folks. And I gotta mention this as well. You can check out our simulcast live feed at www.stereodigital.com forward slash f o r j b. Thanks, DG. Now, before we get our show on the road, we just apologize to our fans and audience. Uh, we had some minor glitches, and we will get you know better as we get uh, you know get used to the studio. This is a beautiful thing, you know, actually doing a show in person with DG. You gotta love it. But DG, yes, sir. The NBA season ended on Sunday. The NHL season ended last night, and. You know, all that's left really in sports world is is baseball. Really, I mean, there's a lockout in the NFL. Yes, there is. Still, there's still an NFL lockout. Are you sure about that? Yeah, <laughs> and thank God, I I must admit, thank God, the Mets are still relevant after you know going through the NHL playoffs and NBA playoffs. Are you sure they're still relevant, sir? After the game we were watching in the lobby, I'm not sure about that. 
<laughs> let's let's look at the Mets lately. I mean, they've been playing really well on the road. I mean, they're 19 and 17. They're two games above 500. You know, let's we'll talk about the game tonight. But you know, they're 19 and 17. They're at 34 and 34. They might lose tonight, so they might be like people have been saying, allergic to the 500 mark. But you know, we'll see. The pitching has been really good of late, and you know, their their players that have come up from the minors have just you know performed really well. I mean, what can you say? I completely agree, sir. I honestly think that the uh, the Mets are surprising us. And, and again, you know, we don't want to sound like hypocrites. Neither one of us thinks the Mets are really going anywhere this year. But uh, I think that the truth of the matter is that this team has some talent. What amazes me, Joe, is that the Mets are doing all this without David Wright and without Ike Davis, who inarguably, other than, other than Jose Reyes, are they're two most talented players. Now, last year when the Mets were on this hot streak right before the All-Star break, Carlos Beltran came into the lineup and it seemed like everything went downhill. I'm going to have to be a cautiously optimistic Met fan or even be side on the negative side and say the Mets did this last year right before the All-Star break, and look what happened to them last year. I agree. It's like we always say, as good as the Mets can do, the Mets can go on a 10-game winning streak, and as a fan, you're going to expect them to come crashing down. You're not going to think that they're going to um, get the job done. You're not going to think that they're going to be able to – Put it all together because all right, Justin Turner is doing good. You know he he, he had a pretty good year. He's done a, a good job. Um, there's so many different things going on here. As our team, our team goes. You know, so goes our, our the fan base. So goes our allegiance. So goes the way that we as a as a as a show can talk about the Mets because, like you said, it's unfortunate, but there's really not much else in the world of sports. Other than the New York Mets right now, sir, at least for you know our, our fan base with the lockout and the NBA season being over, I mean, if the Mets are going to be terrible this year or for the rest of the year, it's going to be tough, my friend. It's going to be very tough. It's definitely going to be an interesting season the rest of the way. I mean, so many questions have to be answered. Will Carlos Beltran, will Jose Reyes be traded before the All-Star break? Will they be traded at the trading deadline? Things that you know we don't know right now, especially with the team playing so well. I don't even know how this fan base will actually take a trade. But you know, if the Mets do trade Jose Reyes or Carlos Beltran, when the Mets are only three and a half to four games out of the wild card spot, I agree. I completely agree, sir. I don't know. I don't think the fan base will be too thrilled with the Mets doing, uh, you know, making a big trade, getting rid of Reyes. It's just not going to be. It's not going to be easy, sir. That's pretty much all I can tell you. I know we have a call on the line. So who do we have, sir? Well, you know what, folks? Unfortunately, we're getting used to the system here, so we're going to have to uh, put the caller on. Normally, we have a Kelly, our call operator, the board op, but we're going to go here, sir, and check out. We have a 973-517-0375. How are you doing? Excellent. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing good, doing good. Um, uh, who's this? This is actually uh, the 10 o'clock. This is Coach Moss. I hear you guys talking about the Mets and lockouts and things like that. Coach Moss, how are you, sir? Listen, we apologize for uh, not having the call screen, but like we, we started the show with, uh, this is our first night in a brand-new studio, so we're having some technical difficulties, but we're glad that you were able to join us. JB? Not a problem, not a problem. Congratulations on breaking in a new place in uh, Hasbrook Heights, I believe, yes? Yes, sir, Hasbrook Heights, uh, not too far from your uh, stomping grounds over in Belleville. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Well, Coach, uh, you know, let's get right into this. Uh, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, uh, and also what got you into football. And finally, as part of the, the first question, can you give us a little history of the New Jersey Spartans? Okay. Um, well, I'm uh, actually born and raised in Irvington, New Jersey. Um, okay. I have a, a background in uh, high school teaching as well as uh, recreation um, over 10-plus years, as well as uh, coaching high school football and um, adult football for about, i say, uh, collectively about 14 years. Um, the New Jersey Spartans organization, uh, we've been around for four years. Um, we originated in North New Jersey. Um, we play locally at uh, uh, Westside Park Athletic Complex, um, a nice turf field they actually built uh, a few years back. And um, we've since uh, moved on here to Belleville, New Jersey. Um, last year was our first year here in Belleville. And uh, for the most part, the Spartans organization, outside of playing football, um, we look to impart positive contributions in the community uh, via youth camps and, and clinics and uh, say health fairs and things like that. Okay. Um, now, how long has uh, Major League Football been around? 
Well, the Major League Football League, um, we actually uh, just went through a name change. We formerly were the Big Northeast Football Federation, and um, since then they, we've uh, actually they've actually been around for about five years now. Um, it's a league that spans uh, from way upstate New York uh, all the way down to North Carolina. I have to admit, Coach, I like the name change. Major League Football sounds good. It sounds uh, it sounds big time, you know. Um, so, so that that's obviously a, a plus there. Now, let me ask you: How many teams are there in the league, and uh, is there any association to the NFL? Well, there are uh, technically um, right now. We've actually reduced um, teams down to fourteen teams. Um, we've actually since uh, going with this new name change. It actually, was also a new direction that was uh, founded and set up, uh, where certain standards have to be met. So, with that being said, not everybody fit the bill. And okay. um, we've only had, uh, I'll say, some of the elite teams um, remain, okay? And uh, for the most part, right now, it's definitely been um, a very, very interesting transition, and it's one that I'm very, very happy to be a part of. Okay, Coach Moss, can you uh, just give us a scouting report on your team this year, the New Jersey Spartans, and, you know, what's it going to take for you guys to win the title this year? Okay, well, right now, uh, the scouting report that I can tell you guys is that uh, we, we saw the 60-man roster, Um we are returning seven league all-stars, um, all defensive all-stars, as a matter of fact. Um, for the past uh, couple of years, we've always had a top, a top-tier defense. Um, this year, we're uh, retooling our offense from top to bottom. Um, I've actually assumed uh, the offensive play-calling duties, which I haven't had since year one when we experienced our biggest success, um, which we were uh, seven and three. And uh, now that we've uh, gotten things back on track, it's only one goal for us, which is glory. You know, we're getting back to the playoffs. And then uh, we're going to be fighting for that championship this year. All right. I mean, who who do you think out there in the league uh, is a team that's going to contend with you? Well, right now you have a couple uh, other notable teams. Uh, we have two conferences. You have the Empire and the Keystone Conference. Inside the Empire Conference, we have the New Jersey Lions from Old Bridge, New Jersey, um, who will be a contender. And uh, from upstate New York, we believe we have the uh, Tri-State Bulldogs, um, who are filling the team out of Rockland County. And um, you also have the Northeast Pennsylvania Miners, um, who will also be uh, a contender. So um, I'm looking right now to mix it up with those guys. Um, they are definitely on our schedule. And, uh, we're going to have something in store for them. So it's definitely going to be um, a very, very, very interesting uh, year. Nice. How about in terms of the NFL? Um, who's your favorite team? And is there any players that you actually like root for or any specific team? Uh, well, uh, NFL-wise, I'm a big Tom 49er fan. Um, you know, even going through our ups and downs in our transition years, which we're experiencing right now, I've always been a 49er fan uh, since dating back to when I was born back in '83. Um, you know, Montana, Young, Rice, Ronnie Lott, you know, these kind of guys sort of uh, won me over with football. And um, I happen to follow a lot of the, the Rutgers graduates, and I'm a very, 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 very big follower of the Michigan graduates as well from Michigan Wolverines, I should say, the, the University of Michigan. And, um, you know, I follow most of those guys and see what they're doing. I have a couple guys myself that I've coached in high school um, that have, you know, uh, since went on to uh, professional career, careers, whether it be the NFL, um, arena football, or some pro indoor circuit. That's great. I mean, the re that's pretty interesting that you're a San Fran 49er fan. Uh, that's my wife's favorite team, believe it or not. I think she just grew up during the Joe Montana era. You know, nice-looking guy, uh, and has been rooting for the 49ers ever since. So, you know, I'd be in She knows nice. he's not on the team anymore, right? Yeah, she knows he's not on the team anymore. <laughs> I'd be in a, a long-time suffering Jeff fan. Um, am jealous of all your Super Bowls, uh, Coach Moss, with the 49ers. So. Uh, <laughs> now, t tell us, um, just uh, NFL talk uh, quick. Um, you know, the lockout looks like it, it might – you know, they might be wrapping it up and might, there might be a season. There will be a season, it looks like. Um, what, what was your stance on it? Were you on the player side or the owner side? Um, I'm actually on the fan side um, because <laughs> right now that that's the only two that seem to be losing out. You know, they're fighting over millions and billions, I guess I should say, um, as in that $9 billion that they're talking about. Um, but we, the fans, we're missing out on all the, you know, the rookie symposiums that take place that we get to hear about who's doing what. We're missing out on the mini camps and, and training camps and things like that to know what's going on. We're missing out on all the fan days and, um, you know, uh, media days that they have where, you know, the fans can actually get out here and meet with some of these players. You get what I'm saying? So right mm -hmm. now the fans are the ones that are losing out. Um, you know, they're going to get us off regardless. It's too much money in professional football for them not to get this worked out and for them to be talking about, you know, a billion this way or that way, 
you know, you have to be realistic and just say, hey, you guys are already making more money than the average, uh, you know, income for most households. You get what I'm saying? So yeah, I don't yeah. think the fans really care which way it, it falls. We just want to see football. We just want to have that experience because that right there is, you know, the, the good old way, you know, of things, the natural order of things. You know, we want to see that, and people are willing to spend money to go see it. So right now, you know, you're taking away from the fans and you're going to give them a cheap, rushed football season which, you know, now the draft loss is tight, you know. We have the supplemental drafts, which, I mean, hey, thanks to Terrell Pryor and things like that, it's going to be uh, definitely interesting, you know. But we, it's a lot of these things that have actually um, lost their way. And, you know, it's like the, the more you look at it, the more you say, you know, we have to work on more things. You get what I'm saying? Um, I, I, but I'm with the fans. Yeah, I mean, I'm do- I'm totally with you with the fans. Um, but if I was to pick one or the other side, I would definitely side with the players because, let's face it, a, a lifespan or a career of a football player is uh, you know only so many years. Uh, their their pension plan is not as that great. Their health benefits aren't great. We know that you know they have these um, illnesses and you know injuries that last many years after they retire. So I'm definitely on the player side. And you know you think about it, the owners. I mean, they're making money hand over fist i think that some uh, most of the time i'm usually on the player side only because of you know the the violent sport that it is and these are the players that are actually i mean these are the people that are making the money for the owners so that that's why i'm usually either you know if it's not the fan side i'm definitely on the player side coach <laughs> well look i'll tell you like this you got to look at it and say everybody takes up professions you know, um, I don't see, you know, everybody, you know, sitting here fighting over millions of dollars, for, you know, for the firefighters or for the teachers or for the police officers. That's yeah, true. Okay. These guys are sacrificing, their, you know, their time, you know, their body and things like that, but they're entertainers. This is a, a path that they chose to do. You know, right now you guys are on the radio. You know, hey, this is a great thing that you're doing. And, hey, there are risks that come along with it. You know, time is uh, definitely a big factor that a lot of people, you know, lose out on. But when you're making millions of dollars, and I do understand that injuries and things like that happen and that, you know, they can be life-altering, career-ending, everything, you know, debilitating in some situations. But that is a career path they chose to do. At the same time, you know, people say, hey, we have police officers. When an officer goes down, you know, uh, you know, and it's a sad thing to happen, but if an officer gets shot in line of duty, you know, he doesn't, he's not fighting over billions of dollars to go back to his family, you know. He has a small pension, and hopefully it's there. And then, you know, they have, you know, money that's allocated to the families, to the widows and things like that. But it's nowhere near what the athletes and the entertainers happen to make. Okay. Uh, Coach, you know, since you, since you started out the, the interview mentioning this, let's get a little further into it. And we, you know, I completely agree with what you're saying. It's true. It's a shame that the fans kind of get hosed when it comes to these uh, – when it comes to these players' strife negotiations and things, because truth of the matter is we can't relate to billions and billions of dollars. Uh, we're, we're never going to make that kind of money. And, uh, you know, when you have guys who are billionaires fighting with guys who are millionaires, it's kind of like, yeah, okay, what about us? But, um, you know, l- let's get a little positive feedback going here. You know, your team does a lot of community service again, uh, which is great in, in so many different ways. Can you talk about uh, the New Jersey Spartans' Habitat for Humanity and any other programs or events your team participates in off the field to help out the community, like you were saying? Yes, well, definitely. Um, well, first, uh, you touched on Habitat for Humanity, and uh, we happen to partner with them this year because uh, last year we did um, Rebuilding America, I believe it is. Um, this year we said we want to do a little bit more and actually you know, get involved with more people and not just you know, with uh, school systems and things like that. So um, with Habitat for Humanity, we actually had the opportunity um, on several different occasions to work hand-in-hand with future homeowners, you know, and uh, they, they were actually awarded the property and things like that, and we got the, you know, pretty much laid the foundation, you know, put up the beams, put the roof on, things like that, set up the walls, you know, and, uh, you know, assist Habitat for Humanity and the, the hundreds of volunteers that they've also had as well in constructing a, a few homes, and that definitely was a very, very big hit. We were there um, in North New Jersey as well as in West Orange at two of the sites that we were at, and we uh, happened to be there to also witness the dedication and see the family receiving the house, you know, after they had worked on it and laid on it for a couple months and things like that. And we had a small, you know, a small hand in that, and uh, it was definitely something fulfilling and rewarding. Um, outside of that, we also have a Rising Spark Youth Camp, which we hold host uh, every April. Um, and we also uh, do a small summer camp with it as well, which we're teaching the kids uh, fundamentals of football while instilling in them discipline, hard work, uh, you know, sportsmanship, uh, social skills, you know, things that they're going to need, you know, in everyday life to succeed. 
you know, and uh, we just use football as an avenue to get the kids out there who want to be active, you know, uh, teach them, you know, about eating habits and nutrition, help them stay healthy and things like that. Um, we also have uh, been in, in different parades where, we're, you know, we're there to inspire the kids and, and the people to give back to the community in which they come from um, because one of the, the general missions of the Spartans is to always uh, impart positive contributions into the community from which, you know, we all come from. Most of our players are coming from all across the state, and uh, we happen to, you know, want to cater to the areas that they come from. But nevertheless, we're always engaging in so many other activities from community cleanups um, to rebuilding uh, houses and as well as, uh, you know, helping out local churches. We do uh, toy drives and things like that, which a lot of this stuff, you know, people say, well, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing? But it's the time that these guys are given freely because they do not get paid. We don't receive anything extra for doing it. We just do it out the kindness of our hearts, and that's what this is all about. What, now, um, if you could tell us briefly, what inspires you to do that type of stuff? Like, what got you involved in the uh, in the first place and wanting to help out the community? Well, there's two people um, in my life that um, I really uh, look to. Um, one is my mother. She was a teacher. Um, she currently is a teacher in Irvington, New Jersey. I, um, you know, since growing up, she always instilled in me that you have to uh, be willing to give back if you want to have positive things happen. And um, the other is my wife. Um, it was actually her idea to start the New Jersey Spartans organization. We've seen that there was a need to uh, get individuals um, from off the streets and things like that and to keep them from, you know, uh, getting into mischief, I would say, or, or not um, having positive role models in their life. Right. You know, so we decided to, uh, you know, take the, the little funds that we had at the time and uh, go out on a limb and start um, an actual franchise. And, and then is over the years it's grown into a huge organization in which we're not just playing football games, but, you know, we're changing people's lives, you know. And, uh, right now, uh, with the positive things that we're doing, you know, everybody's required to, to be here, to participate. So, you know, uh, we have seminars and lectures and things like that. We do school reading programs, you know, and these are just things that help uh, individuals, you know, shape their lives, you know, to where it's not just about them. You know, I mean, we all struggle. You know, we've had guys, you know, uh, who've been homeless and things like that. And, you know, we say, hey, look, you know, this is what we got to do. And then, you know, they're active. They, they get jobs. They're working. You know, and they're, they're productive members of society, you know, and that's what it's about, you know, where you can rise from around your surroundings, you know, and, and continue to grow and progress. And then ultimately, once you reach a certain point, we would like you to give back. And that way someone else who may be struggling or have been in your situation or who you can relate to, they can now see that, hey, guess what? I can make it too, you know. So that, that's uh, that's us in a nutshell. Well, Coach, uh, we really appreciate you coming on. Before we let you go, tell us a little bit about this Saturday, I believe uh, June 18th, the Spartan Bowl. Yes, this Saturday, uh, 6 p.m. in Belleville, New Jersey, uh, June 18th is our annual Spartan Bowl. Um, some of these same core values and our Spartan values as well that we happen to have here in New Jersey. Um, ironically, at the same time we started the New Jersey Spartans, uh, Dave Patterson of the New York Spartans, started his program as well. So being that we had uh, similar goals and fashions to uh, help change the communities in which we come from, we decided to make this an annual event, and this will be the third annual Spartan Bowl. Um, this one will be held in Belleville, New Jersey, at Belleville Municipal Stadium, 6 p.m. Uh, admission is only $10. Uh, we've, we have a bunch of things in store, um, a great game day experience and things like that, and hopefully, uh, I can't even say hopefully, I know for sure that um, the New Jersey Spartans will prevail and uh, we'll, we'll take care of business, and uh, this will be a definitely a fun-filled event for everyone to uh, be a part of. That's awesome, Coach. Uh, you know, again, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, Joe is actually from uh, Belleville, so, you know, he's definitely going to try to catch some of the games with his dad, Neil, who's a big football fan. You know, obviously, we Excellent. much good luck with the season. And, Coach, before we before we close this out, can you give us one uh oh. <laughs> yeah, we read the ads, and, and we'll, I was told by one of your players we're, we're not reading it with enough intensity and passion. So, can you hit us with that? Gotcha. Well, here you guys go. Oh, <laughs> you take that right there and have that sound bite. It's a pleasure and a privilege. Uh, we thank you very much, and keep up the good work with the Spartans and everything you do for the community. And of course, uh, make sure you win on Saturday. Definitely, guys. Thank you very much for having me. We definitely do appreciate it, and we can't wait to get you guys out. If you guys are in the area, let me know. All you guys at the game, just say, hey, Pure Gold sent you, and you guys will definitely get free admission just uh, as a courtesy to you guys. No, Thank I'm you very much. We truly coach. appreciate it. I don't care what it costs. I'm coming to see you, and I'm paying my money. <laughs> excellent, excellent, excellent. Thank you for the support, guys.
Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Coach. Have a good one. Folks, that was the one and only uh, Kevin Moss, the coach of the New Jersey Spartans, right out of JB's uh, favorite place, Belleville, New Jersey. I'm sure Neil will be ready, willing, and able to check that out there. Oh, definitely. I mean, I can't wait for taking him to, you know, I want him to be our beat reporter for the New Jersey Spartans this year. I mean, he's going to be like, you remember me, coach? Oh, man, uh, we love Neil. I, we remember him, of course, and uh, that was a great spot. We appreciate the coach coming on, and we're going to take this uh, this quick break, folks. So make sure you stick with us. We'll be right back with our sports update. You're listening to MTR Radio. This is ADD Sports Radio. I am Joe Clewell. I'm Joe Lamort. I'm Eric Anderson. And I'm Dana Harris. Get diagnosed every Wednesday from 4.30 to 5.30. Six, six o'clock. <sighs> Do it again. <laughs> what do you mean, bro? That's why we have an editing. <laughs> we would do what over? That's six o'clock. Uh, 4.30. <laughs> My stomach's growling. Come on, do this. All right, ADD Sports Radio. ADD Sports Radio. ADD Sports Radio. Get diagnosed every Wednesday from 4.30 to 6. Get diagnosed every Wednesday from 4.30 to 6. Get diagnosed every Wednesday. Get diagnosed every Wednesday from 4.30 to 6. A flipping out radio production. Broadcasting live at www.stereodigital.com slash F-O-R. Take a trip on the turnpike with Jeff and James. North Jersey. All right, great show, James. We're going to go out and grab drinks tonight, right? Yeah, we just have to stop on my boy's place first. Uh, he only lives in Clifton. How far away is that? Mm, about two miles. All right, so North Jersey calculation. We should leave about two hours beforehand to get there? Maybe two and a half. Turnpike Throwdown. Check out the Turnpike Throwdown, a Flippin' Out Radio production on mtrmedia.com. Flippin' Out Radio. It's real. All right. Oh, you knucklehead. Hi, this is Arnold from The Girly Show. You can check us out every Tuesday night on Ustream from 7 to 8. Broadcasting live at www.stereodigital.com slash F-O-R. Join us. Coffee's always on. You're listening to MTR Radio, powered by mtrmedia.com. Ah, you knucklehead. Broadcasting live at www.stereodigital.com slash F-O-R. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is James Flippin of Flippin' Out Radio. Thanks for joining the jam here tonight. Be sure to tune in all the time on www.stereodigital.com slash F-O-R. You can also follow us on Twitter at Flippin' Out Radio, mtrmedia.com, the whole thing. We'll be back with more programming after this. Flipping out radio. It's real. Welcome back to Pure Gold. The call in number seven one four three six four four seven two one. It is now ten thirty seven. A little late, folks, because it's Woo! apologize for those technical difficulties. Woo! It is time for Todd's sports update and Todd's take. But unfortunately, or fortunately for Todd, he's in Chicago and for us on assignment. <laughs> and for yeah. us, yeah. yeah, he's on assignment. Yeah, what's he having for lunch? Did he tell you what's going on over there? He is yucking it up over there. He's having some Sicilian lemon garlic bone marrow on some toast points. <laughs> Wait, bone marrow? He's having bone marrow? Yeah. I don't know how that sounds appetizing. Yeah, I don't know how that sounds appetizing either. But anyway, Todd is on assignment and, like I said, mucking it up in Chicago. So filling in for Todd, we got Vic. Who I guess they they're giving him some more time from yeah. from Bellevue. Be- Bellevue is it? The <laughs> oh, the Betty Ford Clinic. Right, right. <laughs> so Vic, uh, you know you're filling for Todd. So uh, give us the sports update, sir. All right, man. I have big shoes to fill. I'll try my best. You Where should we begin? Let's. Uh, hello. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's go. Let's go, Vic. We're waiting for you. I know that they're calling you. To go back to it's lunch hour. So let's. let's <laughs> 
Well, let's start with uh, U.S. Open. Anybody care about U.S. Open now that Tiger Woods is not in it? <laughs> Rory McIlroy is uh, your leader after the first round. He shot a six under 65 today. He has a three-shot lead over Y.E. Yang and Charles Schwartzel. Um, you know, that's just the first round. So if anybody cares about U.S. Open, now that Tiger Woods aren't in it, that is uh, the score in there. Uh, MLB State today, my Boston Red Sox won again, 4-2 to two beating the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Uh, Joe's New York Mets, the tie. Well, actually, they, they lost 9-8 to eight in the end of the 10th inning. Atlanta scored on a walk-off run. So 9-8 Atlanta. Well, they always lose. Excuse me? I said, of course, the Mets lost. That's what they do best. <laughs> Uh, then the Yankees keep winning, and so do the Philadelphia Phillies. Man, the Florida Marlins have uh, fallen off the face of this earth. They have gone to last place below uh, the Washington Nationals, if you can believe it or not. Uh, NFL update. The Los Angeles Hawks are progressing between the NFL owners and the players. Uh, both sides are uh, optimistic that they will be able to start training camp on time, um, which leads to uh, quite a bit of speculation of uh, what's going to happen when they do come to agreement because uh, it's going to be a crazy free agent frenzy once uh, once this deal happens. It's going to have uh, one to two weeks to basically sign all the unsigned players, and uh, it's just going to be a free-for-all. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, the NBA, my beloved Heat, uh, has lost, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, it looks like Mark Cuban is uh, going to have to renege on the idea of not giving out title rings. His uh, his players are not happy that uh, Mark Cuban, uh, the owner of the Mavs, have decided to uh, give out championship bracelets instead. So I think um, Dirk Nowitzki called it uh, a little girly. So he wants uh, he wants a manly championship ring, of course. and he might, he probably will get his way because I think uh, Jason Kidd and Jason Terry feel the same way. I think everybody feels the same way. Who the heck wants bracelets? You want a title? They should either get a like a WWE customized belt, or they should get a you know a nice suit. <laughs> like that is a plus. pretty good idea. Yeah, but, I think the customized WWF belt is a better idea than a three championship bracelets, if you ask me. But I think we're we'll going to see uh, for, uh, for filling in for Todd today. I think we're going to send you a customized belt. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Can't wait for that. Uh, what else are we? What's going on? Uh, Just fans. Are you guys interested in Plexico Burris? There's talks that Coach Rex Ryan is interested in pursuing Plexico Burris. What do you feel about that, Joe? I mean, the guy walked out of you know jail only a couple of weeks ago, and uh, you know he had an Eagles hat on recently. So I don't see how he doesn't sign <laughs> with the Eagles, to be honest with you. And you told me that you told me a couple of weeks ago, or even maybe a month ago, that Randy Moss was heading over to the Jets. Yeah, yeah. I mean, rumors are just flying everywhere. I mean, you know, can't wait for a free agent to start once right. this deal gets done, and this deal will get done pretty soon. Oh. I'm sure. Yeah. So that's pretty much it for uh, the top stories in sports today. All right, Vic. Uh, since you know we talked to you on Tuesday about the Miami Heat losing to the Dallas Mavericks and we wrapped up the NBA season, I, I just wanted to uh, wrap up the NHL season since you're a big-time hockey fan, big Pittsburgh Penguin fan. Wait, and I thought he was a Bruins fan. No, he's a, a Penguins fan. No, no. Big-time Pittsburgh <laughs> Hey, uh, Vic, were you in Vancouver rioting with the rest of the uh, the Canuck fans? <laughs> no, no. Unfortunately, I, I didn't get a chance to riot. Um, you know, the sad <laughs> part about that story is that, you know, the folks that rioted aren't even Canuck fans. I mean, they're just goons that live in Vancouver. And and just given the, given the whole organization a black eye, I mean, it, I don't know if you guys catch the game, but the Vancouver Canucks fans are actually pretty – Pretty decent fans. I mean, they gave it. They gave the team a pretty good standing ovation uh, at the end of that game. 
I would have been throwing uh, but, my team if they, if they lost that championship. You know, the, the shame of it is, and I'm not a hockey fan, of course, as those of you who listen know, I don't think I've ever mentioned hockey once, but the shame of it is that you got to be sick in the head, and I mean absolutely mental and possibly at the Betty Ford Clinic, to be fighting and and riding. What in the world would make you want to ride? Your team lost. Uh, you know, your, your oh. kids are still okay. You still have a job. I don't understand why people ride over sports. It's such a nonsensical thing. I mean, it's not like uh, it's not life or death. You know, the Canucks lost. Who cares? Move on, people. Oh, I agree. I agree. It's ridiculous. I mean, I mean, I think the city of Vancouver needs to take ownership of this too. I mean, this happened 17 years ago when they lost to the the Rangers. I mean, the same thing happened. I don't know how they were not prepared for this. It's uh, it's a black guy of city, unfortunately. It's definitely a black guy to the Canucks fans, even though, you know, it's, it's a little unjust, but, you know, it is what it is. You know, it's funny. It's usually, the, I mean, most of the time, I think it's the winning team that does the rioting. So as soon as the game was over, I texted Vic. I was like, Vic, you know, like lock up the door and, you know, make sure you got your gun ready because, you know, you, you live up there. So I, I figured there'd be yeah. looting and rioting up there, not in Vancouver. No, no. I mean, people in Boston have been there before, so... Oh, Fortunately for for us, you know, we we won up we've won our share of championships. So we didn't ride back in '01 when uh, the Patriots won. So I didn't I didn't think we were going to ride with this one either. So so just wrapping up yeah. the Bruins, right? So just wrapping up the NHL season. Then I want to get your take on it, and then we'll let you go back to the Betty Ford Clinic. You know, basically yep. the 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 NHL playoffs is always like a huge two month grind. I mean, there's always physical play. You had like out of the West, you had the number one seed, the Presidents Cup Trophy winners. Vancouver Canucks coming out, and you had the you know the three seeded Boston Bruins. Both you know had, I mean, I think the Boston Bruins had a tougher road to get to the finals than the uh, Canucks. But you might disagree with me. But let me finish, Vic. <laughs> game one was a definitely a classic. You know, you had the one nothing game with the Canucks scoring with uh, basically the, in the last minute of regulation. Game two went to overtime. Yeah, game two went to overtime. Canucks won again. We're up 2-0, and you figured Vancouver would win their first Stanley Cup championship ever. And then Boston battled back, won their next two games. And, you know, these teams basically won on their home ice up until Game 7, which was last night. And that's, uh, you know, anytime you have a Game 7 in in baseball or in basketball or in hockey, you know, Game 7s are a must-watch. Even if you're not a fan, DG, I think you need to watch Game 7s, especially for the Stanley Cup, which I believe is the best trophy of all the four sports. I love the Stanley Cup. I mean, you can't go wrong with a, a, a trophy that, you know, you put your name on it, and then you have to give it back if you don't win it the next year. I mean, it's it's great that you don't get to keep that trophy. Uh, I know they make replicas, obviously, but the real trophy obviously, goes back. definitely. Maybe. So, you know, you, ha- you had the Game 7, Vic, last night. It was pretty much anticlimactic. You know, it was 4 nothing. Boston Bruins really uh, laid it onto the Vancouver Canucks and, you know, took the cup first time since 19- 1972. And, you know, in terms of your team, and just just break down the NHL playoffs, what you thought about it, and you know, I, I feel bad that you know Crosby, uh, your captain, went down with a concussion late in the season, and you know that team, along with you know some other teams that you had mentioned to me, like the Red Wings, and um, even the Canucks themselves, were favored to win the cup. But you know, injuries happen in all sports. But you know, break down what your team, um, what you feel your team has to do next year, and what you thought about the NHL playoffs this year. Yeah, I mean, I think. I mean, obviously the Crosby injury and the Malkin injury was was huge for Pittsburgh. I mean, when you come down to it, um, you know, you lose your top two guns. I mean, that's $14 million of salary that you've lost. You're not going to make that up um, either through the trade deadline or free agency. You're just not going to. The key for Pittsburgh is to get Crosby healthy. And, and you know, he's cleared, to, he's cleared for summer workouts, but I think the big hurdle is uh, once you get into training camp, doing the contact drills um, and see how he reacts to that. I don't think he's out of the woods yet. Um, you know, all of the Penguins nations holding their breath. Uh, and, and the NHL, too. I mean, NHL has billions of dollars. And he's the, the face of the league. Um, you know, so it bodes, I mean, it bodes well that he, he gets better. I'm glad to see that they didn't rush him back this year. Um, I would have, I'm, I'm very happy that the Penguins, you know, decide to, uh, punt the season and, and just go for it going forward. And I think uh, that's a smart move for, for the Penguins organization, a smart move for the NHL. Um, you know, he's, he's only 23 years old. It is still, uh, 
it's not even he hasn't reached the prime of his career yet, and I think um, everyone's hoping that um, he comes back strong next year. As far as this year's playoffs, I think that you know I think you're right, Joe. The Stanley Cup is by by far, and I'm and I'm a hockey guy, so obviously I'm I'm biased, but I think that that trophy is the most legit trophy of the four major sports. Um, there's nothing like it. And I think the I think the Boston Bruins, as much as I don't like, you know, I'm not a Bruins fan, they deserve it. I think Tim Thomas, um, I was just telling uh, well, a buddy of mine today, I mean, that was easily the, the most uh, dominating performance I've ever seen any goalie uh, make in a seven-game series and in the biggest stage of hockey in the Stanley Cup Finals. I, mean, I think the series, yeah, go ahead. Vic, Vic, I was going to say that I thought, you know, even though he didn't win the Cup, don't you think Jaguar against the Devils had a great uh, finals? He did. He did. But, but the key is he didn't win the Cup. Right. Uh, the fact that Tim Thomas gave up eight goals in seven games is right. uh, is ridiculous. It, it, I mean, and, and I think the series really changed in game three. I don't think anybody thought that, that Vancouver was going to lose eight to one. I mean, from games – Three through seven, the Boston Bruins outscored Canucks twenty-one to four. I mean, you know, I, I, the series is not as close as as um, as it ended up playing out to be. I think because the three games in Boston was just. Uh, I mean, I went to games four and six, and I felt ripped off. It was uh, the games were over by the end of the first period, and uh, it was just. Um, and like you said, game seven was completely anticlimactic, but because once. Once the Bruins got up two nothing, you can feel that uh, the Canucks was just running out of steam, and um, and Tim Thomas was definitely in the head of these players. I mean, you know, I don't think they anytime they shot the puck, they knew that Tim Thomas was there to make the save. And um, like I said, you know, I give credit to the Bruins, I give credit to Tim Thomas. They deserved it this year. I mean, you know, they're, they're not a they're not your typical uh, NHL champion. Yeah. Stanley Cup champion with a with a superstar with a power offense, um, you know. I mean, that part of it was a little different this year, but but uh, maybe that's a change of the mold. It's more, they're more like the New Jersey Devils of uh, of the mid late nineties and the early two thousands. You know, they went on defense, they went on the system, and um, you know, I congratulate the Boston fans for that. Yeah. Well, Vic, you know, it's always great to have you on talking. You know, NBA. NHL and you know when the and and NFL season starts I think we should have you on being our you know our Boston reporter tell us how your pats are doing You really want to hear about the pats Joe No but we do have fans <laughs> We do <laughs> We have fans in Boston We have we have millions and millions of fans They're probably looting right now with Vic in the streets of Boston He's in Betty Ford they're not oh, looting right, right. Yeah I I'm not allowed to yeah I have a couple more months in here but uh but yeah hey congratulations guys congratulations on uh moving up for the big time, really happy for you guys. We we really appreciate it. The checks in the mail. We'll be we'll be uh, <laughs> you know, we'll be trying to bail you out. But we appreciate you coming in, and hopefully we'll talk to you soon, Vic. We'll do. Take care, guys. All right, take care, Later, Le- Lebron. <laughs> Folks, that was the one and only, the only, Vic. And uh, we need an update on Todd. JB, give it to us. Yeah, I'm gonna give since Todd usually gives us the sports update and his take. I'm just going to let you know that Todd... Wait, what is Todd taking right now? He's taking some limoncello, prosecco, vanilla, gelato, milkshake. And he says, take me now, Lord. So, Todd, when you listen to this on the replay and you don't remember a damn thing you just said, I'm just making sure that you know this is what you texted me, buddy. <laughs> yeah, Todd is uh, Todd's an interesting character. You know, folks, again, uh, this is our first night here at the studios of the Connecticut School of Broadcasting in Hasbrook Heights. And we're trying to get the technical difficulties squared away, so we've kind of been jumping around a bit. Of course, as we uh, settle in, you know, since it'll be a regular spot from now on, we'll be able to to get things going and moving. We're going to switch gears now. We're going to come to the one and only Hans. I know we had some uh, callers and whatnot earlier, but, you know, we're going to move right along with this so that we can uh, keep this show rolling. JB, I'm going to hit you with one of my favorites.
not live, not in studio. We have joining us today, well, actually, he is live, the one and only Hans calling to talk about Smallville. How are you doing, sir? Well, it looks like Hans uh, uh, Hans is scared. You, you, you there, sir? Yeah, I'm here. You guys, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you just fine. So, Hans, uh, let's break it down DX style. For the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about our favorite show that is no longer on the air. And that would never, ever be on the air again. We broke down the season finale, the series finale. We broke down uh, quite a few episodes throughout the year. But we've been talking about some characters. We covered Clark, covered Lois, Lana, Lex, and of course last week the Kents. This week, you know, we have the big one coming up pretty soon. We'll be talking about Pete Ross. Let's get into Lionel <laughs> Luther, your father, and let's talk about Tess as well. Give us your breakdown on that. I know Lionel didn't have anything much to do in the comics per se, but uh, what did you think of him overall as a character on the show? Well, as a character, the actor um, played him very well. When he switched gears from being the evil Lionel to the good Lionel back to the evil, I, that's that's talent right there to be able to pull both sides of the same coin off. I mean, like you said, Lionel is not a big part of the the comics or the movies, but it was he was really written well in the show. Uh, his hatred with the Kent, or actually with Jonathan Kent, and how, like I said, how he flipped sides from bad to good. It, it was just incredible. He's one of my top favorites. One of your top favorites is supposed to be one of your bottom favorites? Yes. <laughs> yeah, Lionel was an amazing character. Um, John Glover's a great actor. I was actually sad to see him go from the show. I know they had to kill him uh, the way that Lex did, pushing him out a window. But the truth is that the way, you know, when they wrote him off, I thought the show was always lacking something. Season 8, season 9, he wasn't there most of season 10, but he appeared for a couple episodes. And then, you know, as Joe would say, he passed the gas that ended up becoming Dark Side. But uh, I know, Joe, you were a big fan of Lionel's. Break it down for us if you could, uh, sir. You know, I'm, I'm always a big fan of Lionel because, you know, he, he played such a great, um, you know, evil role. I mean, he... He was also a great good character too when he was good. He was, but I liked him much better as a as a bad guy or as a as the villain, you know, making sure that he you know, he um he showed that, you know, he he wanted to protect, you know, it, well, I guess was was he good when he was trying to protect Clark? Um yeah, he was good when he was trying to protect Clark. I guess that was good because it built into Lex's character and made him even more jealous and yeah, that yeah. built into his rage and all that other crap. All that other crap. So I I enjoyed <laughs> Uh, the actor was great, like you said, John Glover, and the 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 actual character Lionel was definitely done well done on Smallville. Um, you couldn't ask for a better actor or character. Yeah, I agree. It was nice to see him in this, the series finale, and definitely something that was uh, important. Now, Hans, what about Lutessa? And I know again, she's your uh, your biological sister, so can you break that down for us as well? What did you think of her her couple of years on the show? You know, when she first came out, I told I didn't like her. She to me she was pointless. For her to come into the show and take over Luther Corp, I thought that was really ridiculous until I believe what was it, season nine or later that same season they they let us know that her name is actually Lutessa and she's yeah. Luther. And uh after that point I have to say the way they did it was amazing. They they completely Turned me on to the character. I was more interested in her being a Luther and all that. But like I said, in the beginning, I, I hated her. Yeah, I, I think everybody hated her at, at the beginning. Um, I know you and I talked about her whole, the look that she had, and I just thought it was weird. And I don't know if their original plan was to make her a Luther, but it just that was the only thing that to me made any sense. Because otherwise, where does this random woman just take over a Luther Corp? So I thought that was good. What about you, Joe? What did you think about the, the Tess character? I know you loved when they killed her. I, I thought the way she died was terrible. I thought it made no sense and her, that whole erasing Lex's memory thing. But what did you think about that, sir? Uh, Tess is a character. I mean, I thought that her character was all over the place. I mean, she had a relationship. <laughs> she had a relationship with Ollie. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, that, that, was, that was great. Right, which turned, and then she turned into be like, uh, you know, Lionel's daughter and Lex's sister. So, 
I mean, the character. I, I mean, what do you do? You really think it was necessary to have her onto Smallville? What what purpose does she actually serve? Well, think about it. If they killed Lionel in season seven and Lex was gone in season seven, what were they going to do for the following three years? <laughs> they had to have a main villain. They could have brought. They, well, they could have brought anybody on actually. Like who? Like you? I, I agree with Joe. She she really was pointless, and he's right. Her character was all over the place. Okay, well, who who could they possibly have brought on to to be the main villain of the show? You said anybody. Tell me. Well, she wasn't even a villain. Well, at the beginning she was. Yeah, but she wasn't like Lionel villain or or Lex villain. She was. Just... You're comparing her to two great characters of all time, Lionel and Lex. As far as the show goes, I mean. Whoever came to replace them, could you can't really compare them. I know that you're in human nature, but um, I don't know who they could have replaced her with, to be honest. I mean, you know, there, there's not too many other characters in, in Clark's universe that could have taken over. And what were they going to do, go back to the Freak of the Week? This show would have been deader than a doornail after season eight. What they could have do- done is uh, bring some of the characters they had from the past. Um, like Pete? What, what's a mixed pixel or something like that? He yeah, could have yeah. came back on. To to do a guest spot or any other of the I'm not saying do a freak of the week but they could have appeared they completely like wrote these characters off for a show that that was usually good with continuity after 33 level 33.1 disappeared yeah. like what what happened to all those people Hans, with, is the, there, with the is powers there to the rumors that you were born in level 33.1 they're very true. <laughs> now, uh, DG and, and Hans, you guys are definitely the, the comic book, you know, uh, followers. Uh, unlike I am, it was Tess in the comics at all? Well, Tess was actually an amalgam of two different characters who really never served my, a huge purpose in the Superman lore. As you always talk about Tess Mocker, and uh, who amazingly enough is on uh, Impact Wrestling now. <laughs> but aside from that, uh, also Percy, who was his uh, his valet. Basically, they have the same character role. So it was Tess Mercer, like Tess Mocker, and Percy, Mercy, whatever the heck her name was. So it was kind of a mix of those two characters. All right. I mean, I, I just thought that maybe they were trying to follow comics, you know, the comics, like they try to half of the time because, let's face it, they didn't follow the comic books, you know, you know, word for word or action for action. So I just thought that, you know, w- what did this uh, character really serve? I mean, you, they basically combined two people, two characters from the comics and put her on Smallville and made her eventually, you know, Lionel's daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Hans, uh, is there anything else you'd like to hit us with before we uh, we wrap this puppy up? Uh, no. I, I mean, pretty much I agree with Joe. The the character was pointless. Kiss and, his um, What's that? I said kiss his butt, why don't you? Well, somebody's got to agree with, with JB. That's true. He, he's <laughs> usually the lonely man out. That's your Nobody ever agrees with him. We're usually berating him for uh, every segment, and every time you and I gang up on him, I know he, he cries like a sissy girl about it, but Joe, I believe you had something else you wanted to add? Well, I, I just want to make sure that, I think we, we might have touched upon it, but Hans, is there any truth, because DG tells me that they might be able to uh, renew um, the event, but on sci-fi? Uh, I would have to look into that. I know there's a lot of shows being shopped around that got canceled uh yeah, this that was season, they they are shopping around. There's there's a few that are being shopped around on other networks. The only problem with that when when they get picked up by another network in their second season, they completely change the story. It's not what what the creators had in mind. So who knows if it's going to be uh, the event that you've been watching? They might completely change it. Okay, they'll call it the unevent. <laughs> or the event full. Hans, we appreciate you coming on. Hopefully uh, one of these days we'll be able to have you actually in studio doing a segment. Um, I know we saw Super 8 this weekend, but I don't really want to get into that now. We could always do that next week. But, sir, we appreciate your take as always. No problem. Have a good night, guys. You too. Later, Hans. That was the one and only Hans and Joe as we wrap up our first show in our brand-new studio. Hit me with some nuggets, sir. I will. 
We have two nuggets, and I just want to also, DG, real quick, just uh, real quick, because we uh, we had some technical difficulties. We are broadcasting live tonight from the Connecticut School of Broadcasting in Hasbro Heights, New Jersey. We are. Yes, and this is pure gold. But I just want I just wanted to get your take on a couple of Mets players because we didn't get to we didn't know that Coach Moss was on the on hold. Uh, yeah, we we apologize for that. Definitely but, apologize. You know what's interesting, Joe, is that um, we talked about this and we just mentioned it how you know we're in studio, but uh, I think that I think I got to hit you with this clip, sir. And we out of your home. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> that was a guest spot by Mike Francesa. That's a special uh, tribute to you, sir. We are no longer and we out of your home. Yeah. We are no longer out of our homes. And uh, I have to admit, sir, it's exciting. I'm happy to be a part of the Flipping Out Radio family. And I know we're going to get into this a little bit more in a second, but I just have to throw out that clip because if not, I was going to forget. That was flipping great, let me tell you. <laughs> but uh, just going back to the Mets before we close out and just two quick nuggets. Um, just, you know, with Jose Reyes and Beltran playing the way they are, I mean, we were talking to some people before we went on the air. We, You know, they were saying how um, it's the medical staff uh, of the Mets that probably were fired and the reason why they're playing so well. But, DG, I mean, let's face it. These guys are playing for a contract. And, I mean, does it make you happy or, or upset that these guys are, are playing this well this year on their contract year? Uh, you know, I've never really been one to buy into the whole contract year theory. But the truth is it seems like it. I mean, as great of a year as Jose Reyes is having, and we know he's never been an on-base guy, he has a horrible on-base percentage. He's batting almost 350, and his on-base percentage is like th- almost 390. I mean, that's terrible. It should be in the 400s. I mean, the guy doesn't walk. Um, you know, he's a productive player, and, and I just think that he's healthy, so he's playing well. I don't necessarily buy into the contract here because Reyes has always been good when healthy, sir. Right. How about, um, you know, our good friend Jason Bay? You think this guy... Jason Bay, what do you say? Will this guy ever, you know, like play like he did the the last couple of years uh, in Boston? Or will he be the poster child of what a typical Met free agent comes to the team and just absolutely sucks? Well, I don't think Jason is the poster child simply because there's so many other players who would be the poster child. Mainly one, a Roberto Alomar. And, of course, my uh, Angels' favorite player, Bobby Bonilla, as you mentioned last week. But, sir, I, I think that Jason is just a, a byproduct of, you know, coming to the Mets and, and having a horrible park and being a, a power hitter. And, you know, the, the, the basically, City Field has sapped whatever strength that he had. And at this point now, he looks like a defeated man. I mean, he hustles. There's no doubt that the man hustles. But I, I, I don't think he's a poster child, more like just, you know, kind of going with the flow. I mean, how many guys have come to the Mets and actually been productive and been good? I mean, Johan's been great when he's on the field, but he's been injured most of the time. Piazza is the only guy I could think of who came here, really performed at, at at a high level the whole time that he was here. It's it's funny because like you know you were mentioning some players, but the the team is it's so in in so much disarray. They're playing well now. Yes, they lost tonight. Their game under five hundred again. They're basically Woo! you know the thirty four and thirty five. They did have a good road trip, but you, you know what's funny, DG, is that you have these great players like Jose Reyes and Carlos Beltran playing great, right? And they're on their contract year. And then you have people like Jason Bay who can't hurt, hit worth a damn. And then you have Johan Santana that's always injured now. Those are your assets that you want to, you know, hopefully trade, but you can't because one sucks and one's always injured. So it's it's just it's typical Mets, you know, the players are just, you know, the good ones that you want to be good are hurt. And the ones that are good are going to either be traded or be a free agent at the end of this year. Yeah, you know, and like we talk about Beltran, we talk about these players. And, I mean, what can the Mets get for them? We don't know. Um, we don't want – I mean, even Beltran, he was good for the Mets. He's been good for the Mets when healthy. His first year he was terrible, but aside from that, he's been very productive. I mean, he did it 41 home runs in uh, 2006. That's uh, to the WFN people out there. For your fantasy phenom uh, competition, you should know – be able to check on the computer that uh, he holds the uh, tied for the all-time Mets record of most home runs. Oh six people, not Carlos Delgado. But anyway, um, I mean, what can you do, sir? It just it is what it is. It's it's the Mets. It's our team, and we're gonna suffer. We're gonna bleed orange and blue for as long as we shall live. It's kind of like a marriage made in hell, uh, <laughs> as opposed to one in heaven. So, you know, Joe, uh, hit me with your nugget if you have another one. Yeah, I, I mean, I do have nuggets. I just want to say, you know. Hopefully the Mets stay relevant throughout the year because, Hopefully. you know, <laughs> I mean, let's face it, no, no NHL, no NBA. We're going to have to get really creative here on Pure Gold if the Mets are going to drop out of the wild card spot because, you know, what else is there to talk about in baseball? I mean, it gets so boring talking about the Yankees 
after uh, a couple weeks. I mean, we know that they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to make a push to get a starting pitcher. We know that the Yankees have unlimited resources. So hopefully the Mets stay relevant, and um, thank God they have been up till now. So let's hope they stay that way. Just uh, two quick nuggets, DG. Um, I just want to say, like, you know, I was looking at what town or what city um, completed the quadfecta. And what I mean by, by the quadfecta is, one, an NBA title, NHL title, uh, you know, the, the World Series and a Super Bowl. And, and obviously, uh, definitely, maybe, I come up with the Boston area. Look at this, DG. The Patriots won their Super Bowl in 2005, their last Super Bowl. The Red Sox won the World Series in 2007. The Boston Celtics won the NBA title in 2008. And just last night, the Boston Bruins won the Stanley Cup. In the last six years, they've completed the quadfecta, which I call the quadfecta because they won every major title in all major four sports. How great must it be to be a Boston fan or live up there compared to like any other town, especially New York? But if you go back even just a few years, in the last 10 years, I mean, the Patriots have won three titles. The Red Sox have won two the Celtics won another. The Bruins. I mean, you're talking, you're talking, you know, seven championships in in, in a ten year period. That's great, and it kind of like a Yankee dynasty, but it's obviously more than one team. I mean, if you're a big fan of of major sports in Boston, you got to be thrilled. I mean, New York. When was the last time the Knicks won? 69. You know, yeah. Well, no, the Knicks didn't. Was it sixty nine? Yeah, or seventy. Or seven seventy seventy one. I forget, folks. You know, forgive us. Um, the Mets, last time they won was 86. Feels like it was 69. The last time that uh, the Giants won 07, you know, the Jets haven't won in, in Joe's entire lifetime. And we don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. But, you know, this is a major town. We don't get that. The Rangers haven't won since 94. If you want to count the Devils, I guess they won in, you know, 05, 06. But, um, you know, Boston, they, they get it done. They get the job done. Obviously, they had a long time. The Bruins hadn't won in like 30 years. But, you know, it, it is what it is, sir. It's just nice to have every major title within the last six years. That's all I really no, want to right. mention. Correction: The Bruins haven't won in almost forty years since uh, you know before last night. But Joe, I gotta admit, some good stuff here tonight. <laughs> Definitely, sir. I Definitely, mean, maybe, obviously. I think the show uh, will only get better as we uh, get used to uh, being in studio at the Connecticut School of Broadcasting in Hasbro Heights, New Jersey. And my final nugget, DG, before. We go flipping nuts and we flip out of here. Is uh, you know, Derek Jeter is on the DL now. Derek Jeter, Derek Jeter, number two, Derek. So you know he's like close to his three thousandth hit, and it looks oh, like. Oh, uh, is that all? Is that all? That is all. I mean, Derek Jeter's uh close to his three thousandth hit, and it looks like he'll get it. At, you know, it looks like, unfortunately for Met fans, that he's going to get it at City Field, DG. Now, let me ask you, as a Met fan or as a Met season ticket holder, are you selling your tickets to the highest Yankee bidder, or are you keeping it and making sure that there's more Met fans and don't cheer for Derek Jeter? I think I would choose the latter. I, I would never sell anything to a Yankee fan except uh, maybe a tree in Brooklyn or a you know, beach that I might own. I, I would want the least amount of Yankee fans possible for that series. So I would not sell no matter what. I wouldn't sell it to Todd, who's not a Yankee fan, but you know who's out uh, eating some uh, bone marrow, whatever the hell he's having. <laughs> uh, you know, a Chipotle beef Angus uh, sandwich that he, you know, he killed himself. But uh, yeah, I, I'd have to pick the second choice. There's no way that I want a Yankee fan in my stadium, even though I don't go to the games, and apparently nobody else does. Uh, I wouldn't want the scum of the earth. The evil empire in my building. Of course, just typical Met fan. Typical. Typical. Typical that you know Derek Jeter is going to get his three thousand hit in City Field, and you know will be you know known. You know that that's going to be a trivia question. It's going to be like where, where did Derek Jeter and gets what team did he get his three thousand hit? I guess the New York Mets, of, of course. course, of course, <laughs> of course. So that's my nugget, sir. Great show, but great you know, as always. I, I can't say how flipping happy I am right now. Yeah, Ma, we're flipping out here, folks, and. uh you know, of course, you're listening to Pure Gold. We are now officially a Flippin' Out Radio production. You can follow them at Flippin' Out Radio on Twitter. It's Flippin', no G. Of course, we have uh, the one and only James Flippin' producing. And, uh, you know, on that note, I have to admit, you know, Fitz, Fitz served his purpose. Uh, you know, he, uh, he wasn't as reliable as we hoped he would be, and we had to fire his beep. Fitz? You're fired. <laughs> and uh, you know, again, it's it's great to be a part of the Flipping Out Radio family. And you know, again, we can't we can't emphasize how much uh, 
you know, how much different it is to, to be doing this show in studio. And, you know, we're just excited for the opportunity. Of course, you can check us out as we're, you know, we're a simulcast on, on Ustream. You can check us out at uh, www.stereodigital.com forward slash F-O-R. And, of course, our uh, our home on Blog Talk Radio forward slash PG. Make sure to check out our website, puregoldpg.com. We are also in partnership with mtrmedia.com, MTR Radio. Folks, there's just so many exciting things happening in the world of Pure Gold, and you know we're just going to keep things rocking and rolling. In the future, we're going to have more guests. Uh, you know, hopefully, have some in-studio sessions with them. And again, we're just excited to have the opportunity. So, as we close out the show tonight, folks, I'm going to give you something. Uh, you know, a little, little something different. I'm not sure if you guys, uh, if you guys noticed, but our, our beginning was just a tad different. But of course, we'd like to thank Flips, our producer. Our new producer, because Fitz sucks. I'd like to thank uh, Keller Bordop, who was uh, MIA tonight. Don't know what happened to her. Thanks to Hans for always being a part of the show. And, of course, you are our audience. Thanks to Vic for, you know, slopping it up. Uh, i got to thank Todd, who is not here, who's out there in, in Chicago eating the most the fattest food he could possibly eat. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, of course, make sure to tune in Tuesday night, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard time for JB. This is DG of Pure Gold reminding you to always keep it PG. A flipping out radio production. It's real. We've got to be the body to rock it like we're never going to see it again.